welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. So we're going to be... Um we're going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to read um, verses 44 to 46. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for just being the author of our joy this morning, regardless of what goes on in our lives and in our circumstances. Lord, you are our joy. And so I pray that you would teach us to press into that this morning, teach us what that looks like to, to really give it our all. We sang this morning, Lord, you are all. And so show us what that means this morning and um, just give us your passion and excitement for your church and all that you want to do in us and through us uh, in this new year. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, guys. I'm Mike, one of the leaders here. And so if you're new with us, it's awesome to have you with us in this new year. Um, like Missy said, we're finished with Ephesians. So we're going into a new series. And, and just to give you a picture of the year, so actually give you a picture of the month first, uh, we're going to take, we're gonna take uh, this entire month to do a vision month. So each week we part of our vision and DNA of, of the church. And I was telling our covenant members a month or two ago, do you guys know what we do at Trinity Life? Like, do you know everything that we do? Do you know what, what all is going on? And they're like, eh, I don't know, we know p- bits and pieces. Uh, but we do a bunch of different things in the city, around the world, in the church, outside the church, a whole bunch of different things. So the whole month is gonna be that. So if you're a covenant member in here, uh, I'm not gonna write you a list like I said I was gonna do. You're just gonna have to listen to all these sermons. So, <laughs> uh, oh shoot, I forgot my watch today. So. We'll see how long this goes. I'm gonna put my phone right here so I can see it. There's no clock up there. Um, so 2018, guys, was, was awesome. And I love, I love New Year's. Like, New Year's are kind of arbitrary. I mean, there's seasons and all that, but I feel like the, the feeling is arbitrary, like the feeling of a fresh start, but it's good. Like, it's, I don't know about you guys, but every time we have a new year, <coughs> I come into it super excited. And I'm optimistic, I'm optimistically bent, so like every day I wake up and I'm like, this is gonna be the best day of my life. <laughs> like, that song is like my soundtrack. I'm like, this is gonna be, even if I wake up and I'm, I'm thinking about all these things, and, it's gonna be, and I'm like, ah, there's all these things, I'm like, no, it's gonna be a good day. So think about that for a year. That's like exponentially increased for me for a year. So hopefully I'm gonna lead us into that as a church this, this year, that we can go into this year with joy and with uh, just an excitement and an expectation of what God is gonna do in us and through us into this city. So 2018 was, was really good. Um, we went through as a church, the theme for the year was scriptural, spiritual awakening. And so that's why through the year we went through the book of Daniel. And, and I'm not just talking about Sundays here, guys. Like what we talk about on Sundays filters through our body life groups and we're reading the, this, these passages together. It filters into, um, it fil- and then it filters into all of our ministries and, and the church from there. So uh, we went through the book of Daniel and talked about what awakening is and what it looks like. And then we did the Sermon on the Mount and we talked about spiritual character. And then we did spiritual gifts and went through that all summer. And then we, we finished off with the book of Ephesians and did spiritual warfare. And so you see there the theme running through all of 2018. Well, 2019, so for the past few months, I've been asking God, what do you want for us in 2019? What should we expect? What do you want to do in our midst? What do you want us to do in our city? 
And there's so many different streams I got. I asked our covenant members this. I asked our leadership team this. Everyone was speaking into it. And we heard things like presence and intimacy and, and uh, a whole bunch of other things that I can't remember right now I'm blanking out on. But basically, it all came down to one word for me that kept on coming up over and over and over as I prayed about this, and that's the word influencer. So last year we had this awakening, and this year I feel like God is moving us into action, and he wants us to influence our city and our world. And, and last year, it's not that we didn't do that, because we did. The new common space happened last year. Guys, that is, <clears throat> that space is year, a dream years in the making. Again, to have that happen last year when a whole bunch of other stuff was happening was really special for us. Uh, but this year, we're actually going to really pour a lot into that to make that space what, what we've dreamed it to be, what God's given us in, in that dream and that vision. So this year, uh, influencer is the key word. We're going to take that throughout the entire series in January, and it's going to go along with our DNA. So today we're talking about kingdom. We're talking about kingdom influencer. And I love how we started off the new year with the songs that we sang. If you came in, if you came in late, you may have missed some of these, but the songs that we sang just reminded us of, one, the first one was Kingdom of God, that God's kingdom is here, that he wants to build his kingdom here in the city, in our church. And, and then we talked about Jesus being the cornerstone. And then that last song, I don't know if you guys know, that last song is, uh, what's it called, This I Believe? Um, is basically a song off of the Apostles' Creed. And the Apostles' Creed is this centuries-old, first century, second century, somewhere around there, old document that the church would recite. And churches today still recite it. And it's, I believe all these things, resurrection, name of Jesus, you know, um, God the Father, all these things. And, and so we just sang that this morning. And if you sang that, like, we're singing truth into ourselves, we're gospeling ourselves in that moment, we're singing truth into this space and into this city. So I love how we started off with that this morning because kingdom influencers is what we're gonna talk about throughout the, the sermon today. So um, let's talk about our vision statement. Do you guys know what our vision statement is at Trinity Life Church? Do you guys know what our DNA is? Do you guys know what our core values are? Those are things that shape us and make us who we are. That's, those things inform everything we do. They're the foundation of, of what we do. And, and of course, uh, of course, like we saying, Jesus is our cornerstone. Jesus is the head of our church, but he's given our church specifically, Trinity Life Church, specific things he wants us to do. Now, there's churches that are, that are churches and, and they're they're what we would call commonly faithful. So all churches have common faithfulness where, where we're just faithful to do certain things. We're faithful to worship Jesus. We're hopefully faithful to serve our city. We're hopefully faithful to uh, be in community and those things. But there are churches that God has called to unique things. And, and I, think, I think probably every church has this, just some churches haven't discovered this yet. And for us as a church at Trinity Life, um, this is something that we've prayed into for years and years and years, even before we got here, and then when we got here, with a group of people. And so what we're going to go through today is who we are specifically as a church, uniquely who we are as Trinity Life. So that has to do with our vision statement, core values, DNA, and uh, actually our vision, statement, our vision statement was up there during the announcements. So if you don't know it, it was, it was up there. But I actually... It's, um, it's something that you can actually boil down every sermon. Pretty much everything we do, you can boil down to these things. So we're going to talk about these things today. Uh, let's, let's start off, yeah, let's put that first slide up there. Um, this is our vision statement. Oh, discovering identity and destiny in Christ, influencing our city and the world. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Let's go back to that other slide and this is our DNA. So when you think about DNA, all of us as, as human beings, we each have four, what are they called, nucleotides. Uh, we have four things as a church that make up who we are as a church. 
And the first thing is kingdom, which that's why we're talking about that today. Next week we'll talk about disciple, next week we'll talk about society, and then we'll finish January with the church. So the kingdom is, is a lens in which we view everything. And you see there, it's kind of like a fraction. So the kingdom's on top, and then disciple, society, church, all flow out of that kingdom lens. And so if you hear us say KDSC, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about our DNA. We're talking about what makes us a church, why we do the things that we do, and why we do them the way that we do them. KDSC, Kingdom, Disciple, Society, Church. We're going to walk through that in a second after we go into our vision statement. So, discovering identity and destiny in Christ, this is in a particular order, and then influencing our city and the world. All this is in a particular order, and all this flows out of Kingdom, Disciple, Society, Church. If you look at Kingdom, discovering identity as, as a son of the king, uh, destiny, disciple, we're all called the same destiny, influence in our city and the world, that's society and church. So, guys, your identity in Christ is the same. It's the same as mine, it's the same as the person sitting next to you. Everybody has the same identity in Christ. And, and uh, it's all as sons of God. We've all been put into Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, and us in him, when, like what Adam was saying earlier, when, when God sees us, he sees his son. So we've all been made sons of God because we're all in the son of God. And, and so that is your identity in Christ. It's not different from anybody else, okay? Your destiny in Christ is also the same. That's not different from anybody else. And this is where, this is where we miss things sometimes because a lot of you guys are in the stage in your life where you're saying, I don't know if you, actually, I don't know if you ever get out of this stage in your life where you're saying, God, what is your will for my life? What do you want me to do with my life? What is, what am I here for? What am I supposed to do, right? Like, most of us are perpetually in that stage, um, and we're, we're asking God, what's next? What are we, what are we supposed to do? Um, I, or maybe that's just me. I don't know. I'm always like, God, what do you want? Like, I know some big things, but every day I'm like, God, what do you want to do with today? What am I supposed to do? What, every meeting I step into, I'm like, God, this is yours. What do you, what do you want for this? Every, every year, I'm like, God, what is, what is up with this year? What do you want to happen to this year? Like, I asked God this morning, make this year better than last year. And last year was a good year up here, bad year down here. <laughs> a good year up here. Uh, and, and I said, God, make 2019 better than 2018. Guys, do you believe we're in 2019? Yes. Like, isn't that crazy? When I was growing up, uh, they had all these futuristic movies in the 80s and 90s. And Back to the Future 2 was one of them. Do you guys remember that movie? Do you remember what year that movie depicted? 2015. Oh. We're four years past Back to the Future 2. And guess what? We still don't have hoverboards. <laughs> we still don't have flying cars. Not really, but kind of. Uh, I don't know if you remember, he had like automatic lace-up Nikes. Come on, you remember that? He just puts his foot in there and like, whoop, they like lace up. Like, but some of the stuff exists. Uh, but isn't that crazy? Like I grew up watching that movie, and that's 2015, and we're, now we're in 2019. Um, I mean, if you watched Terminator, if you watched, I don't know, all these futuristic movies, we're past a lot of these years. Um, anyways, that was like a really random, like, rabbit. So 2019, I'm like, God, make this, make this a great year. Like this, is, like, this is a new year. This is a new year for us. So make this a great year for, for our church. Uh, because it shouldn't be a worse year. Like, I don't want to go down. I want to keep on going, going up, right? And I want our church to keep on going up. And I want us to experience more of Jesus. I want us to experience more of the Spirit. I want us to live more in the abundant life. And, and, uh, and all those things can happen for us as a church, as a collective body of believers in 2019. So, uh, discovering identity and destiny, your destiny is the same. It's, it's you're a minister of reconciliation. You're an ambassador for Christ. You are to share the gospel. That is your purpose. Your purpose is to be a representative of Christ Jesus here in this world for the lost, for those who don't know him. We all have that same destiny. Now, what's different for, for you versus the person sitting next to you is how you influence our city and the world. 
That's where your personality comes into play. That's where your gifts come into play. That's where your calling comes into play, your vocation, your job. All those things come into play in influence. Okay, so how you influence is gonna be different from how the person sitting next to you influences because you're a different person. And that's beautiful. That's why in, in the church, a metaphor for it is the body of Christ because we all play a role in that body. Do you guys know who the head of this church is? Jesus. And then we're all parts of that, parts of his body in that. So um, we, we influence that way. So through the month of, of January, what we want to do is release you into influence. So last year we talked about spiritual gifts. Hopefully you, you discovered some of what your spiritual gifts are. And as you go more and more into community, though you'll discover those more and more. Um, but, but through January, we're hopefully going to show you how to use those, those gifts, how to use your vocation, how to use your, your uh, passions and, and your, your calling. But, but really what I want to show you is how we do that as a church. Like what, is, what is Trinity Life doing? If that's our vision statement and our calling is to influence our city and the world, how are we doing that corporately? And how do you individually fit into that picture? So that's our vision statement. Let's go to our core values. Oh, they're not up. Oh, these are them, yes. Let's go to our core values. So let's, let's put up the next thing. Our core values are, our first one is this. They're not in any particular order, so don't, don't think that they're in order. So movement is, is the first one we have here coming out of Acts. Uh, and basically, it's saying we're a part of something much greater than ourselves, guys. And that's the core value we have. We don't want to get bogged down in any little thing in our church because we know there's something much greater going on in our city and the world. And we're going to influence that way. So... Since the beginning, the inception of our church, we've always operated in this mentality of movement. It's why we do big things. It's why we do this, this um, space in St. Jamestown. It's why we work with our city. It's why we work around the world. It's just why we, why we do all these things. Uh, we had a goal for our local gift in December of $20,000. Um, that's a pretty big goal for a small church, right? $20,000. We didn't reach it. But <laughs> we almost did, right? We almost did. 20000 is just a number that I kind of just threw out there. I, I thought about it and prayed about it and then like, looked at what we did last year and all that, and I was like, hey, we can do $20,000. Um, and we're almost there. We're just, un we're like around just under $19,000. Like, that's awesome, right? Like, yeah, we're just under 19,000. That's so great. So I know that there's someone out there who still wants to give and hasn't given yet to put us over the mark. Um, so, or maybe a bunch of people will get together because that's like 1,500 bucks or whatever. So, um, and actually there are. There's people I know who, who haven't given yet who want to. But guys, that's something to celebrate. That goes to to um, fund a lot of what we do in St. Jamestown and around the world and our missionaries that we support and church planting. And we do a lot, and $20,000, guys, that's not a lot, right? That's not a lot in today's economy. I mean, it'd be nice to have that much, but it's not a lot in today's economy, right? And I just said, goes to the space, goes to global stuff, church planting, and missionaries. All that money goes to all those things. We do a lot of things with very little because we know we're part of something much greater than ourselves. When we came here to Toronto and started this church, all we did was we joined God's work that was already happening. We didn't create something. We looked where God was working and we joined that stream. So movement. Number two is transformation. We're transparent people in the process of being radically changed by God. This is community, and, and community is so key. Guys, you can't live this Christian life by yourself. We live in an independent world, an individualistic culture and society, uh, but we are meant to be in community. We're designed to be in community. We were meant for that. You were meant to exist in community. You were meant to carry one another's burdens. You were meant to live a one another lifestyle where you're confessing to one another, where you're loving one another, where you're forgiving one another, where you're doing things with one another. Like that is, that is what it's supposed to be like. 
And we all long for that. We just don't know how to do it. Um, Missy talked about the Body Life Collective that's coming up. Our Body Life groups, our, our small groups, are designed to show us how to live in community. They're designed to show you how to live in community. So if you're not plugged in in one of those, you're not going to experience community here on a Sunday morning. You may in little pieces, but it's really hard. Um, you have to experience it in a smaller group, which we would call a cell, a cell church, um, like a cell like in your body, not like a prison cell. <laughs> I always think that when I say cell. But I mean like a cell in your body. has everything you need there. Um, so uh, transformation, no, number three. Community. Uh, we're a unified but diverse group that thrives on hospitality, humility, generosity, compassion, and loving others. Uh, this is from First Peter. Uh, we will call these things the first five. Hostility, humility, generosity, compassion, and loving others. Let's go on the next one. Truth. We're truth seekers who value clarity and the communication of truth in all forms. I say this a lot, um, and it, people kind of take it, people, people always step back when I say this, but um, all truth is God's truth. Okay, this, is, this is a statement that one of the church fathers made. All truth is God's truth. So this book right here, this Bible, we believe is all truth, but not all truth is in here. Okay? So you don't find all truth in the world in this book, but this is all true. Does that make sense? You guys follow me? Everyone's kind of like uh, processing it. Just be clear. We as a church believe this book is all true. Everything in here is all true but I'm not gonna find every single truth in the world in here, okay? There's truth in medicine, there's truth in psychology, there's truth in architecture, and in math, and in, and in science, and there's truth even in, in other faiths, like, because we're all created in the image of God and they all have some form of the truth, but, but we would say that other faiths are, are a distortion, like they've, they've missed the mark, right? They've, they've missed, this, they missed what's actually all true. And that's why other faiths um, draw so many people because there's an element of truth within all of them that is drawing people to them and, and then they get, they get um, sucked into that. So we would say that, again, this book is all true. So this is all true, but it doesn't contain all truth, okay? We good? If anyone thinks I'm heretical after saying that, please come and talk to me afterwards because I think you may have misunderstood what I'm saying. But we're good, right? So, um, so truth, we value truth. Uh, and then five, boldness. We're people defined by spiritual boldness. We take risks of faith. We've always, always done this. We've done this since the beginning. We've always been a church that does big things, that takes risks of faith and steps out in faith and watches God move. If you're waiting for God to move in your life, take a step of faith. And that step of faith is gonna look like you may fall on your face. It may look like failure. But I find that when I take a step of faith, that's actually when God shows up and he moves. Okay, so we've always done that as a church. We've never been a church with a lot of resources, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of finances, a lot of whatever but we partner with all these city organizations and give them so much, and we've seen God move in so many ways uh, by doing that. We, early on, we did this huge event in Regent Park where we started, and, and we started in, yeah, we did this, we did this huge event. Um, and we probably had like 15 adults, like part of our team at that time, and, and uh, we did the biggest event Regent Park had known to date. And it was, I don't know, there were probably like five, 600 people in attendance, which is unheard of for Regent Park. And someone came by and they're like, hey, who's, who's doing this? And, and we're like, hey, we're a new church in, in Regent Park. Um, there's about 15 of us. And they were shocked. They're part of, a, they're part of um, another church. And they said, I'm part of this church that has hundreds of people and we've never done anything like this before. We've never seen and you have 15 people and you're doing something like this and the gospel is going out and you're sharing the love of Jesus, all it takes is, is a small group, guys. Jesus changed the world with 12 people. And one stabbed him in the back and the rest fled, right? They came back, but they like scattered. 
Uh, and he changed the world. He turned upside down. We had the same spirit of God in us that Jesus lived his life in. That's an amazing truth. That's what the reality, if you're in Jesus this morning, that's the reality you live in in 2019. That the same spirit of Christ that was in Jesus while he was here is the same spirit of Christ that is in you. And you get to live in that. So, uh, boldness. We always want to push. We always want to move forward. So those are our core values. Those are, that's our DNA. KDSC, Kingdom Disciple Society Church. That is our vision statement. And then Missy read about the kingdom this morning. So before we jump into that, let's just talk about the kingdom for a second. Like, what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of heaven? What do I mean when I say kingdom? I didn't discover what the kingdom was until I went to seminary. Now, I'd heard that word every now and then, but uh, the churches I started going to, uh, my family started going to when we were growing up, they didn't talk about the kingdom of God. But you can trace the kingdom of God, the theme, throughout the entire scriptures. Jesus talks about the kingdom of God so much. Matthew, Luke, John, um, Mark, you can see the kingdom of God language all throughout the gospels. So what is the kingdom? Here's a simple definition for the kingdom of God that I want to give you. It's basically God's rule and reign. God's rule or reign. It's anywhere God's will is being lived out. So if you're living out God's will, that's God's kingdom. Okay? That's why when we engage the city and we look for God's kingdom, we don't just look at Christian organizations or missions organizations or churches. Because anyone can live out the kingdom of God. Now that doesn't mean they're part of the kingdom. Okay? But... The kingdom of God, living out the kingdom of God looks like this. Are you salt? Are you light? Are you loving your enemies? Are you um, helping the poor? You see through the scriptures that God uses people to usher in the kingdom that don't even know it. They don't even believe in him. And he's using them to usher in the kingdom. That's because we all have the image of God in us crying to get out. right? And the reason we partner with the city is we want to show them that what they're doing, they're actually doing for the kingdom of God. We want to share the love of Jesus with them. We want to show them that, that they're loving their enemies, not because they're good people, but because there's an image of God in them that, that is trying to be redeemed. And we get to come alongside them and show them that. So um, the kingdom of heaven is anywhere God's will is being lived out. Okay? Uh, God's rule, God's reign. That's a simple definition for the kingdom of God. And guys, Jesus starts with the kingdom of God. When he comes on the scene, he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He didn't say repent for the church is coming. He didn't say repent because you need to start praying. He didn't say anything else. He says, he says repent, guys. Guess what's here? It's the kingdom. What you've been waiting for, everything that we've heard about in the Hebrew scriptures, what you've been waiting for all your lives is finally here. And a lot of times when we hear Jesus, when we read Jesus saying that, we hear repent and we're like, oh, that's a hard, strong word. I actually think Jesus is saying, hey, guys, it's time to change because now the kingdom is finally here. And it's like him welcoming us in. He's saying, I'm here. Tolstoy would say the kingdom of heaven is within you, that Jesus has put, because the spirit of Christ lives in you, now the kingdom of heaven is in you. And we get to live out that kingdom as kingdom citizens. So... Uh, my, one of my mentors, Bob Roberts, he always says, and this is where we got this DNA, he always says, if you start with the kingdom, you'll always get the church. But if you start with the church, you may miss the kingdom. And that's why we do Kingdom Disciple Society Church. Because Jesus starts with the kingdom, and the church isn't the kingdom. The church is a part of the kingdom. The church helps usher in the kingdom. It's an agent of the kingdom, but it's not the kingdom. It's part of the kingdom. That's why we can look outside the church and see other parts of the kingdom. Making, making sense now? So, um, Kingdom Disciple Society Church, kingdom leads us to the church. We'll always get the church if we start with a kingdom. It's kingdom disciples engaging society, and out of that arises the church. Guys, the church doesn't even make an appearance in the book of Matthew until when? Do you guys know? Matthew chapter 16. 16 chapters into a 28-chapter book, 
the church comes in. And then we actually don't see it until, until Acts, really. Um, it's all about the kingdom. Jesus is talking all about the kingdom. All his parables about the kingdom, right? He's not talking about the church. The book of Acts, a lot of people think this is a, a book on the early church, and it does show the early church, but it's actually a book on the kingdom. It starts with the kingdom. It starts with Jesus saying, uh, or Luke saying that Jesus taught the disciples for 40 days on the kingdom before he ascended into heaven. And then say he taught them 40 days on prayer. And say, and prayer is great. We love prayer. Prayer is part of the kingdom. Uh, and then say he taught them 40 days on the church. It says he taught them 40 days on the kingdom. And actually, the book of Acts ends in the very last verse saying that Paul was preaching, uh, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of salvation, not the gospel of the church, the gospel of the kingdom in Rome. So we see Acts 1-8 lived out there, that the gospel went from Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So we have here kingdom bookends in the book of Acts. So it's all about the kingdom. So that's why we're starting there as a church. That's why we'll always start there as a church. That's why, and, and if you think about it, that's going to influence so many things in us that influence the, the way we talk about theology, the way we talk about theological beliefs. It's why I talk about core theology more than I talk about speculative theology or theological preferences. It's why we center around those things that we said we believe in that song and not say, well, we also believe in this and put it into core theology. When I say core theology, I'm talking about those things, resurrection, cross, virgin birth, Jesus is God, Jesus is fully man, trinity. These are, and there's a few more, but those are core theological issues. So we're going to unite around those things. So kingdom is so important because it's this lens through which we view all these things. So let's go into, into this, this verse or a couple verses because Jesus is talking about the kingdom. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven here. And he says, and I... In order, to read the, in order to read the scriptures properly, guys, you have to have context. Because just think about a text you receive or an email you receive. Who's putting in the tone in that? You receive a text, and you import the tone, right? And if you're having a bad day, you can import the wrong tone onto a text. And the person can mean it a totally different way, and you take it the opposite way. Does that make sense? And I feel like when we read the scriptures, we're reading black and white, you know, words on a page, and, and we're like, I, I don't know, I feel like we don't import tone very well, and context helps us do that. So Jesus here, he's talking to a large group of disciples, and, or followers, I should say, they're not all disciples, they're just people following him in the, in the countryside as he's walking around teaching. Um, how annoying would that be, <laughs> right? You just walk in at Dundas Square and everyone's like following you and you're like pointing stuff out and, and teaching. And um, I don't know, maybe people would, put, would like that, but Jesus is doing that basically. And, and people, but people hear his wisdom and they're like, man, we, we got to hear what this guy has to say. Like, this is life changing. So I feel like at this point in these few verses, because he's already given a bunch of kingdom parables, it's almost like, and I'm, I'm not saying he does this, but it's almost like he kneels down. He's like, hey, Come closer. I'm going to tell you what the kingdom is. I'm going to tell you what the kingdom of heaven is. And he says here, guys, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And you can see them like waiting for him to say what it's like. He's, and, and I don't know. He could even pause. He'd be like, hey, the kingdom of heaven is like, and everyone's just waiting, right? And they're drawing in. And he says it's like treasure hidden in a field. Gosh, that's such a cool... Image. I don't. I don't know if everyone's like me, but uh, treasure, like hidden treasure. Like I feel like that's a that's a pretty common human thing. Like finding hidden treasure. Right? Like everyone would love to find hidden treasure. Treasure maps, pirates, like Goonies. <laughs> right. This is like. This is maybe the new theme for the year is '80s movies references. <laughs> that might be a bit over the top. Get it? Over the top. Come on, that's an 80s movie. Okay, whatever. Um, so, uh, like, 80s movies, sorry. <laughs> that is not what I'm talking about. But, like, Goonies, Goonies, right? Like, it's 
It's all about this treasure map and finding hidden treasure. And my niece, one of my nieces, is so into like treasure maps. It's like her answer to everything right now. Um, and, and Jesus is appealing to them. He's like, it's like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, in his joy, guys, I was at a, uh, this week, uh, started the year off in Washington, D.C., Wednesday through Saturday of this week, and, uh, or, yeah, yesterday, yesterday was Saturday, yeah, uh, and was doing some multi-faith stuff uh, in a mosque, was uh, attending a board meeting for an organization called GlocalNet uh, that we're affiliated with, which we'll talk about in a couple sermons, um, but also attended this revival service, and if you didn't grow up in church, you're not familiar with, like, uh, American church culture, revival services. I don't know if they have those here in Toronto. They're like, they happen. This, this church does it at the beginning of every year. They do this revival service. They bring in speakers, and everyone's excited. And you just, and, and revival's like this, we want to revive our church type thing. We want to call on the Spirit of God to do something and, and live into a year of expectation. So is that this huge church, guys? Like, I think this church has like 17, 18,000 people in it, something like that. Um, and it's a predominantly African-American church. And so we're at this church, and this guy named, uh, this was at night, it was Friday night. Um, guys, this revival service, you think I'm talking long right now? The guy preached for two hours. Like, we, the, the worship set, the opening worship set, was an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, and it feel like it at all, because like, everyone is so excited. Guys, are you excited about Jesus? Like, I was in here, and I was in there, and I'm like, and, and like I said, it's, it's predominantly African-American, so it's a different church culture, right? Like, everyone's excited. Everyone's just excited to be there. Everyone's like, man, Jesus is awesome. Like, they, everyone's going around saying, like, this is your winning year. Like, you're, like, you're going to, this is your year. Um, it was so cool. And I'm worshiping next to these two guys, two young guys who, they're in their 20s. They look like they could just fit right in in Toronto. And they are not ashamed, guys. Those whole two hours, they're, like, dancing and, and like, shouting. And during the sermon and, or whole two hours, whole almost four hours, they're, they're just shouting out things, and like Adam always gets us to try to shout out things, and you guys are like, that's so awkward. Like, <laughs> no, why should it be awkward? You go to the sporting event, you're shouting out things. You go to the bar, you're shouting out things. Like, we get so excited about things that mean nothing, and when it comes to Jesus, we're just like, oh, we need to be reverent, and we need to stay in this little tiny box, and, and be like, be white. I don't know what you guys are trying to be. Um, like, I love the atmosphere. It was so amazing. And I'm worshiping with these guys sitting next to me. At the end of it, we're like hugging each other. I don't even know them. Guys, uh, like, <laughs> I know like sometimes we do some, some weird things to show unity here. Like we linked arms a couple, or what was that, a couple months ago now. We've like prayed over each other. I was holding hands with this 20-something-year-old guy. Um, for like 15 minutes. The preacher had to stand up. He's like, hey, hold hands next, next to each other. And we're holding hands. Your hands are getting all sweaty and clammy and sticky. And nobody cares. Because you're just like, this is awesome. Like, I don't even know this guy. And we're united in something much greater than, than anything in this world. So we're holding hands. And, and, the, and the preacher is a guy named T.D. Jakes. Anyone know T.D. Jakes? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, T.D. Jakes was there. The place was packed out. And I don't care what you believe about T.D. Jakes' theology. Like, he gets things right sometimes. Um, and like, some people are like, oh, some people bash him way too much. Um, but yeah, and he has, some, he has some things that I don't agree with, but I don't agree with, there's some things that I don't agree with a lot of people. So, but what I did agree with was he got us fired up. Man, he was like, his, you could see through his suit, he was sweating so much. Um, he was so excited. So he has a stand-up. We're holding hands. And, and he's like, say to your neighbor, this is going to be their winning year. And you're like saying that to everybody while you're holding hands. You're high-fiving, and then you're holding hands again. And like throughout those 15 minutes, he's like, hey, touch your neighbor and tell them this. And you're telling each other. And guys, this felt like so much unity. I was like so filled 
with the truth of, of uh, the gospel and the truth of Jesus during that time. Um, and, and we're just celebrating. And now, his sermon went pretty long. <laughs> like I said, it was like almost two hours. It was, it was crazy. Like a two-hour sermon? I don't think it's, it's normal. It's a revival service, right? So, um, but that was joy. Like they had joy for the kingdom. And he said this at one point, T.D. Jakes. He said, some of you, he said, some of you are mistaking the church for the kingdom. And because of that, you're not operating in the joy of the spirit. Ah, Guys, joy, do you know what joy is? Joy is not happiness. Joy is something that's deep-seated. Your joy is not circumstantial. Happiness comes and goes. It's circumstantial, right? It depends on your circumstances, whether you're having a happy day. And this is why I can wake up in the joy of the spirit. Why I told you earlier, like, I'm, natu- I'm like, I don't know, it's natural, supernatural, I don't know. I'm just optimistic. Like, I just wake up, I'm like, this is going to be the best day of my life. It's the joy of the spirit. You know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what the scriptures say. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're not operating in the joy of the Lord, then you're weak. And what are you gonna, then how are you gonna live your day? Joy is this deep-seated thing that is not dependent on what God does for you. It's dependent on who God is. Do you realize that? Your joy is dependent on who God is, not on what he does for you. So many of you, your joy is dependent on what God does for you. And when God doesn't come through in this job, when God doesn't come through in this relationship, when God doesn't come through in finances or whatever it is, there goes your joy out the window. That is not joy. That is not true joy. We need to, uh, we need to know God in order to experience this joy. So how do you do that? In this book. Prayer. We're going to have a series later this year called uh, The Practice of Presence. And we're going to go through how we, how we practice presence, how we enter into God's presence, and how we, how we, um, how we uh, just rest in his presence. We're going to talk about reading the Bible. We're going to talk about meditating. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about community. We're going to talk about serving, all, all these things. Because uh, that's how we get to know the joy of the Lord. It's in his presence. And here in this passage, Jesus says, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. You have joy. You have such joy, overwhelming joy, that you do this. You sell everything you have, and you buy that field. You just give away everything. And he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. They're searching for it. Who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. The kingdom of heaven is of immense supreme value, that it's worth everything. Now, some of you guys, when you see that, you think sacrifice. You're like, oh, that means that there's a lot we have to sacrifice for the kingdom. But is it really sacrifice when what you're getting in return is of such immense value? You're like, it's like you have, you have $10 in your hand, and what's offered to you is $10 million. To give up that $10 to $10 million, is that a sacrifice? Come on, bro. No. I'd give up 10 $10 bills for $10 million. <laughs> Or a hundred. I'd even give up a thousand. I'm trying to do the math in my head. Um, I'm still good, right? Ten thousand. Uh, like, think about that. And we have the kingdom of heaven at us, and we're still holding on to that ten dollar bill. And you're like, I'm not letting this go because I have it, and it's mine. When the kingdom of heaven is what's offered to you. And he says here, there's two examples where he has someone who's in this field, the treasure's hidden, he finds it, and then a merchant in search of fine pearls. And it's this, it's this uh, the implication is we're seeking it. Jesus says, seek the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And he's talking about not worrying about things in the Sermon on the Mount. And, and the kingdom of heaven is something we have to seek. We have to, we have to discover. And it's, it's not easy to discover it. Why is that? Well, it's because we're focused on circumstances. We're focused on how do we pay this bill? We're focused on uh, our, our next raise. We're focused on our next uh, promotion. We're focused on our schooling and this next test. And how do, we, how do we work this relationship out? And we're focused on all these little problems. And Jesus says, seek the kingdom. 
and seek it first, and all those things will fall into place. All those things will be added to you, he says. So seek the kingdom first. And he says here uh, in this passage that it's almost like the guy stumbles on it. It's almost like he's walking through the field and he stumbles upon this treasure. Like, and then he discovers it and, and he's so overjoyed that he just buys the whole thing. And the whole field. He doesn't care. Uh, he sells everything he has because he knows that is worth more than anything that he'll ever receive in his life. Does the kingdom bring you joy like that? Do you actually believe the kingdom is worth that? Will you give up everything for the kingdom? And I mean everything. Would you give up your relationships? Would you give up your, your family? Jesus says, if your love for me doesn't look like hate for your family, I don't know if it's real love. That's a hard statement. Would you give up your family for the kingdom? Would you give up, would you give up your job for the kingdom? Would you give up your livelihood? Would you give up your, what you think your calling is? Would you give that up for the kingdom? Would you give up your theological preferences for the kingdom? Like, there's so many things we can put in that blank. Jesus says, give up everything for the kingdom and seek the kingdom to attain all those things, seek his righteousness, and all those things will be added to us. So, why does this matter? What's, what's the point of all this? In our church, um, there's, there's a few things uh, that I want to talk about uh, that are informed by the kingdom. And I'm going to roll real quick through our leadership team, because I want you to see who our leadership team is and how this applies, how kingdom influencer applies to the way we structure our church, why the kingdom is important to us. You see Kingdom Disciple Society Church, you can see that all through our leadership team. You can see influencing our seed and world, destiny in Christ, identity in Christ. You can see movement, transformation, boldness, truth, and community, all in these things. Like I said, almost everything in our church can be boiled down to all those things. Actually, our, um, our budget this year, guys, we, <laughs> Adam and I, Becca, Christina, we spent a really long time, probably too long, but we made our entire budget around KDSC, Kingdom Disciple Society Church. So everything can flow in a kingdom bucket, a disciple bucket, a society budget, or a church, or a church bucket. And you can look at our budget and you can see where, where all those things go in. So, oh, here we go. Look at that beardless man. Uh, that's the younger Mike and Missy. Um, so this is our leadership team, or part of it. Uh, and, and you can see here, I'm just gonna walk through this real quick. Uh, there's Missy and I. Uh, our, our church doesn't operate on, on titles and positions. It operates on what, what our role is in the body. And for me, it's vision and culture, culture building. I, I lead us in vision, which doesn't make me the head of our church. It makes me the feet of our church, if you want a, a body metaphor. Because um, the feet, if you played sports ever, you know where your feet are. That's where you're going to throw the ball. Um, that's where you're going to go forward. So I would say I'm, I'm the feet, and I would, and I seek to be the chief servant of our church after Jesus and His modeling. So, um, so vision and culture is what I do. And then it says like I love long walks on the beach and all that stuff. Uh, let's go to Adam. Um, that's Becca. <laughs> He's up, 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 up. There we go. There, there's the bearded, the actual bearded man. So. Adam focuses on ministries and discipleship. Adam basically, uh, Adam basically does everything. I don't know what Adam doesn't do. Um, Adam, Adam leads a lot of you guys. If you're leaders in our church, Adam leads you. Um, I focus on leading, leading this team, and, and Adam focuses on, on leading you guys. And he does a lot of our ministries and our discipleship in the church. Our lead stuff is in here, which I'll talk about in a second. Actually, I'll talk about that now. Our lead stuff is in here. Adam has orchestrated that whole thing. This is our, our initiative to develop leaders in our church. It's, it's leading self, leading others, uh, leading leaders, leading a ministry, leading an organization. And, and guys, if you want to be a kingdom influencer, plug into that initiative. Because we're trying to teach you kingdom principles in there not church principles. I'm trying to teach you how to be a kingdom leader, not just here in the church, but at your workplace, in your family, in your homes, in your life. That's why we start with leading self. Most of us guys can't even do that. Look at your finances. 
Look at, look at your spiritual disciplines. Like, how many of you guys struggle on a daily basis just to lead yourself? We want to help you learn how to lead yourself so that you can actually lead others. You might be saying, I'm not a leader. That's not, don't think about it like that. It's not about you being, we're, we're all called to lead in some capacity because we're all called, we all have that same destiny in Christ, right? And some of us aren't going to be leaders of organizations. Some of us aren't going to be leaders of leaders or leaders of others even. But at the very least, you're called to lead yourself. Um, and if you're married, you're called to lead your, you're possibly called to lead your household. If you have kids, you're called to lead your children. Like, and you're, you're probably in some form of leadership at work. So there's so, many, there's so many different capacities that you actually lead in. So that's lead. We want to help you do that. Adam, Adam orchestrates that. Let's go to the next person. I'm going to roll through these pretty quickly. Uh, that's, that's Seth. Uh, he does local and our, and our global engagement. So all the new common space, all our West Bank stuff, all... Uh, and everything that involves that. Seth is networking in the community. Seth is attending so many meetings. Seth does so many things that you guys don't see um, that support our local uh, endeavors and also our global engagement stuff. Um, all right, let's go to who's next? Daniel. Um, do you do anything? I don't know. I don't know. It says he does community and youth. But uh, no, uh, Daniel is gifted pastorally and evangelistically. So, so our youth, we have some youth in the church, but Daniel also does youth outreach in St. Jamestown. He networks with people in St. Jamestown. And, and, he, and he's focusing on community. So our Body Life Group leaders, Daniel helps shepherd those leaders and helps train those leaders in order to, to build community in the church. And then there's other things that Daniel does under there. Um, all right, yeah, Dave and Jamie. So uh, Dave, Dave does everything. Dave's like, yeah, he does, he does everything. There's nothing Dave doesn't do. Uh, Jamie, connections and care. Uh, Jamie leads our connections team. It's not just a Sunday thing. This is all throughout the week where she's meeting with new people and, and praying for people. And care is creating a restorative environment. Under here are four areas of prayer that we want to focus on as a church. And those will be developed out in 2019. I won't go into all those right now, but there's four areas there that we're going to develop as a church in terms of prayer. Because prayer, guys, is so important. We want to be a church of prayer and a people of prayer. And uh, we've created a whole, like, um, I mean, Jamie is gifted in, in intercessory prayer. And, and so we've created a whole thing to say, this is how we want to move forward in 2019. So more will come out on that in the future. And then Becca. Uh, supports all the ministries in the church. Um, she's, she's just my assistant, and she does tons of different things, like random things from research to programs to updating things. She's, she's so crucial to the functioning of our church, um, and you guys don't see anything she does, but she's supported our family and our marriage in so many ways. Um, uh, because of the burden that she lifts off of me and off of the rest of our team. So that's our leadership team. We also have interns. And some of you guys don't know this, but we've had interns since the beginning of our church, uh, of the inception of our church. So um, we've had some interns who've come in to, to just uh, learn from us and then take that somewhere else. So they've wanted to come in and be just kingdom influencers and learn how to take that somewhere else. So uh, these are guys like Aaron Lewis in the early days who probably none of you know, um, Stephen Jung, um, Bruce Yang who was here in the early days. Like all these were interns with us who um, are, are somewhere in ministry today. Uh, we've had interns come in from outside of our church who are still with us. Daniel Park would be one of those who started as an intern with our church. And um, yeah, it was just like, I want to be part of what God's doing here. And, and then we've had some interns in our church who were raised within our church. Uh, Justin was one of those, come on up. Uh, Curtis was one of those in the early days. Uh, Jamie was one of those. And, and, um, and so I'm just, Justin's going to share a little bit about, he's been in an internship with us since September. And there's your mic. He's going to share a little bit about 
what he's learned and then what he hopes to see happen in this next semester of his, of his internship uh, this year. Hey guys, like you said, I'm Justin. I've been interning here for the past semester, almost, something like that. Uh, yeah, Pastor Mike actually asked me in an email to share my journey into ministry. I don't know if he still wants me to share that or not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'd say for me, my journey into ministry started last year when I was leading a small group with Power to Change. It was like my first time ever doing any kind of practical ministry, like I'm at practical ministry position. I was teaching the guys there, I was discipling them, and it was like pretty much the most incredible thing I've ever got the chance to do. And I feel like God was really using that experience to put in my heart a desire to do this as like a vocation, as a full-time ministry worker. Um, so I met up with Pastor Mike, and at the time I was in engineering, um, and he asked me like, is what you're doing now preparing you for that, to go to seminary, to be a pastor and stuff like that? And uh, when it came down to it for me, I really didn't think it did. Uh, I wasn't learning how to read, I wasn't learning how to write, how to think critically, and all these things are things Pastor Mike really encouraged me to learn before I go into ministry. Just to be clear, I think he knew how to read before. Okay, at like a universe at a high level, to read and write at a high level. I hope I, I learned how to read before. Uh, at like a high level, anyways, is what I was trying to say. Um, and so one of the things he encouraged me to do is maybe transfer into a different program. So I looked at philosophy, and I decided to take like a semester's worth of courses and see how things turned out. Um, and it was great, and it was a really long and difficult decision to make to transfer into it, but when it came down to it, I really didn't ever want to have to, at the end of my life, say, God, there was something more I could have done to equip me for your calling, and I didn't do it because I was too afraid. So I decided to transfer into philosophy. Since then, uh, Pastor Mike's decided to mentor me and let me be an intern with him. We've done a youth group with Daniel, Kevin, Jamal, and a bunch of other guys here. Um, and it's been really great. A couple of the things that I've learned that have been, I think probably the two biggest things I've learned in my time interning with him so far have been one, like I've, my perspective on conflict resolution is totally shifted. I used to think of it like this is something just to avoid it at all costs. Um, but seeing how well Pastor Mike and the rest of the leadership team here handles conflict, it's made me realize that this is actually something God does, he uses to sanctify us. And it's not something we should run into, but it's also not something we should avoid either. So that's been a big thing. And the other, I'd say the hugest thing I've learned is the importance of prioritizing spiritual disciplines over any kind of ministry tasks. Because if you prioritize ministry tasks, you're just burnt out all the time. You have no well to draw from. You have no source of life to build into other people with. So those have been the really two big things I've learned so far. In the future, I hope to learn how to teach better, how to communicate better gospel truths to the people uh, in my sphere of influence. And also, I really wanna learn how to read the Bible better, like perform a more solid exegesis. Um, yeah, so really excited for this opportunity and I'm really glad to be doing this along with you guys. Awesome, thanks Justin. That was, that was like really articulate. That was really good, yeah, that was really good. Um, he made us look really good, thank you. I did not, I gave him that $10 I was talking about earlier. <laughs> No, yeah, thank you. Uh, it's been such a joy to have you with us, and, and uh, we want to empower everyone along in their kingdom calling. We're all to be kingdom influencers. So when we talk about identity and destiny in Christ, like that's what we want for you guys. We want you guys to discover that. We want you guys to live into your influence in our city and the world. We want to empower you into that. And, and so maybe you didn't expect this this morning. Maybe you didn't expect to do this this morning, but but maybe you stumbled upon the kingdom this morning. Like I said, I didn't discover the kingdom until seminary. I've been a Christian for like 10 years, and I didn't know what the kingdom was. And hopefully this morning, we've shown you some of what the kingdom is, so that in your joy, you can go sell everything you have and buy that field. Because you see that it's of such supreme value. Jesus, and here's the thing, guys, a kingdom doesn't exist without a king, right? We only have the kingdom of God because we have a God, because we have a king, and that king is Jesus. And Hebrews says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame, and now is seated at the right hand of the Father God. So for the joy that is set before us as a church, we want to push forward whatever lies in our path, because we've seen Jesus do it, and we despise whatever shame comes our way, because we know what the reward is going to be. 
We're going to be seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And so we operate out of that reality, guys. That is our reality, according to Colossians 3, that we are seated with Christ. So make 2019 a year where you recognize that truth, where you live with Jesus in joy, in the abundant life. And we're going to do that together. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that, Jesus, you gave up everything for us. And it wasn't out of, you weren't begrudgingly doing it. Like Missy said this morning, you're doing it out of joy, out of cheerfulness, out of generosity. And Father, we can sometimes be the most stingy people. So make us a church that lives out of your joy based on who you are, God, so that we can give to our city what we have received. We ask this in your name. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.